Oh. M. Mom! Hi guys, welcome back to Give It To Me Straight, where the trees may be fake, but the conversations are only partially edited. I'm your host, Maddie Morvisis, and on today's episode, we have all the way from Drag Race Season 4, All-Stars 1, and All-Stars 4, Miss Latrice Royale. That's me. That's you. That's me. You're here. I'm here. I made it. <laughs> you made it. And you got a big old seat for me. I did. I was You gonna, did that, huh? As you may have noticed at home, the set is changed a little bit, because whenever I asked Latrice to come on my show, she <laughs> told me in a message <laughs> that she said, I would love to, but bitch, you're going to have to bring in some chairs. <laughs> That's the club. That is exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. And so we Thank did. We, is, it, is it up to your stage? Is it up to snap? She's wise, honey. Uh-huh. She's lovely and cushy. <laughs> this is not, yeah, uh-huh. accurate. You did wonderful. It's not a love seat. It's a lust seat. It's a lust seat, honey. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I, I know, I know you, did, you were worried about sitting too low to the ground, so I was just hoping this is a... No, this is a happy medium. This is great. Okay, okay, yeah, perfect. This is great. I can do this. I thought about being petty and just setting up a bar stool for it's, you, but... Shame. Yeah, it'd be like the pit stop. It's just shame. <laughs> that bitches don't need to be that high up. Uh-huh. Ever. <laughs> so gravity is a cruel mistress. Cruel. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not worried about your inner saboteur. You're worried about your outer saboteur, oh, gravity. That's doing way more damage than mm-hmm. my inner could ever do. Have you ever, like, seriously injured yourself? Like, falling or anything like that? I, well, yeah, I have. Um, back when I used to dance, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, I had old needed injury, but... So why you don't dance no more? No, I'm just old now. Okay. Yeah, no, bitch. I saw saw videos of you, um, like, early 2000s or so. You know, you were still... You know, a big, bigger, bigger girl, but you were doing cartwheels and stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was like, where was that, Latrice? Oh, no. See, whenever that lip-syncing, it's Kenya Michaels. Everyone's, like, reading Kenya for all the stuff she was doing. They don't know, like, had it been five years prior, Latrice would have been doing the same thing. Babe, if it was the appropriate thing to do. All right. <laughs> See, that's my excuse. That's my excuse, too. And people say, like, why don't you dance? I'm like, it's just not appropriate it's not for the appropriate song. For the song. Yeah, yeah, it's working me down. I'm just, it's just not more of a ballad song, in my opinion. You know? Work me down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see it. In a gown. Yeah. In a full in gown. A full gown. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Every song is a park and bark if you believe down. in yourself. For sure. Yeah. I feel like this interview is going to be good for sound bites because I feel like you're the sound bite queen. Whenever you went to Drag Race, like, obviously you created some of the most memorable quotes in Drag Race. Did you expect that when going into the show? No. All your little Latrice-isms? No. Like, you got to think, like, back then, like, we didn't go in so produced as you guys did, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just whatever came... I talk a lot of shit. So whatever comes up, comes out. And, like, this is what we do and i didn't know it was gonna stick and like latch on mm-hmm. you know and and be you know household little yeah catchphrases so it was cute yeah well it was like all the things that you said on the show like let him sop you up jesus is the biscuit um the five g's like was that all the things that you were just like saying day to day outside of it oh. yes that's that's the wild thing uh-huh. and then like all my friends like my close friends they know the sayings because we say them, mm-hmm. but I'm one made it famous. So I was gonna say, was there anyone that was like upset because they were like, "That was what I was mad about the Jesus is a biscuit." No. <laughs> that's, like that's, I mean, if you saw me and Kennedy in the dressing room together, uh-huh. it's too much. Like Christopher, sometimes like y'all can't hang out anymore because mm-hmm. it's too much. <laughs> like we become one. 
Mm-hmm. It's a mess. But yeah, it's fun. It's just the worst of both worlds. It's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> what was your expectations whenever you went to the show? Like, what did you think the fan reaction was going to be? I didn't know. Um, my biggest fear was uh, just even getting casted because, you know, I, I was scared about my prison background and I thought that they were, weren't going to let me on. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest fear. But then when I was explaining why it was important to me to share my story, I think that's what they latched onto. They're like, oh, this could be something. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any expectations. I just wanted to um, share my story and let people know that you can turn around your life and you don't have to be a victim of your circumstances, you know? And and, and it worked. It really resonated with the, with the public. And mm-hmm. I think that's why people love me because I was so open and honest. Did you still have any of, like, your prison mindset whenever you went to Drag Race? You're like, okay, I'm going to walk in the workroom, pick a fight with the biggest queen in there. (laughs) I was the biggest bitch in the room, so (laughs) I'll be fighting with myself. Uh (laughs) Like, I need to form a gang. (laughs) All of it. All of it. No, um, I was cool. Like, I I really, I did kind of have the mindset of prison a little bit because ultimately you're there by yourself. Mm. Like, you know, you're doing time by yourself. Yeah. You ain't got no cell phone, you ain't got no friends, you know what I mean? And so, like, um, it was good that I had some home team people there, like LaShawn Beyond, Alisa, yeah. but she was only there for an episode. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it was all about, like, forming new friendships and mm-hmm. seeing other types of drag that I thought was like, what? Sharon Needles walked in the room, bitch? Mm-hmm. Girl, you know we were all like, well, was she going home first? <laughs> and the bitch won. <laughs> Yeah, on my face, bitch, because we were all were like, what in the... Yeah, you're like, Spirit Halloween? Bitch, that's... this is what we're doing? <laughs> like, we were, and especially the pageant girls, we are like, this is what we're doing? Mm. Yeah, but then she won. You, smart. you didn't do good enough. We, not, not enough glitter that year. Should have put up, If you put a little more glitter, maybe, you and know... some rhinestones. And some rhinestones, a couple. Yeah, yeah. You were just hosting Drag Race Live for a little bit, filling in, and you're also there with one of your drag sisters, Kennedy Davenport who also was on the show. You guys went way back from Florida, and now you are performing on the stage in Vegas together. It's wild to me how small the drag scene is, even with so many people, because it seems like no matter where your travels take you, where you go on your journey, you still end up around the same old tired pageant queen. <laughs> they just pop up. They just they won't let go. Wearing the same ass makeup, doing the same damn mm-hmm. no. Uh, Outside of Drag Race, that is not the only TV show you both appeared on because in 2009, you appeared on Bank of Hollywood. And Kennedy was actually one of your backup dancers. Was that your first time on like syndicated TV? I think it was. Not your first first filming experience, but the first time on TV. (laughs) Yeah, on TV, yeah, it was. I was actually trying to get money to go to a pageant Mm -hmm. to Miss Gay Youth of A at Large. And um, Kennedy and T.P. Lords from South Florida all well, also um, were my backup dancers. And mm-hmm. we went out to L.A. to Burbank and twirled for them judges. And they looked at us like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what the heck is going on? Well, it, correct me if I'm wrong, though, because like the basis of the show, people go on the show and they're basically basically asking the judges for money for something or another. Whatever cost, yeah. And yours was like, I want money for this pageant. And th- I think one judge said you asked for $20,000. Yeah. One judge said yes. One said no because like your felony background. And another one said no. Because you asked for too much money. Yeah. I think, am I get that right? Yeah. It's, I, of all the stuff that I deep dive into, I cannot find a clip of this episode. Okay. So I can't find anything of it. I have it somewhere. Um, I know I, I, I downloaded it somewhere and I mm-hmm. have it on my 
devices somewhere. But like it's on a Dustivo in a garage because it it went away. It yeah, went away. It was hard to find anything. I'm just wondering, like, what happened with that show? How bad was that episode was that they had to scrub it from the planet, <laughs> the face of the earth? No, and it was um, whose mother was it? It was um, Tori Spelling's mom. Mm, okay. That that's the one that was saying I asked for too much money. The whole, I think you're going to be fine whether we give you the money or not. So we're not going to give it to you. Oh, that's what she said to me. Wow! Didn't they give it to a guy that does like balloon animals? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Balloon animals. You're out there twirling, doing like your talent number, and they're like, "No, nah, this isn't cutting it." But no. the balloon animal guy. Like balloons. There's something there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now look at me now. Not you being, Where's he? Not you being first alternate to a balloon animal artist. Now I, I know my next talent. When I go back to pageantry, bitch, balloon. They're gonna eat it up. I mean, I can make. I can actually make stuff with balloon animals. Can you? I could do snakes, worms. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Lizards with no legs. No legs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Down not, that's not a lizard. <laughs> 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 but uh, <laughs> but was your appearance on that show was that more or less exciting than QVC? Oh, way less exciting. Less exciting. You were more excited what? to do the uh, the shopping network. Yes, bitch. <laughs> do you know I was in Helen and Gertrude's living room? <laughs> they, <laughs> they... I, I was wondering where you were because you filmed it. You were like via Skype. Yeah, and I, it was a I, nice kitchen. I know it's my I, kitchen. That was your kitchen. That's my kitchen, bitch. Don't try it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a. That was a nice apartment. Where'd, where'd you get a kitchen like that? I was, I was like, this is a How nice kitchen. How very dare you? <laughs> nice apartment. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that was really exciting because um, they said it might happen, but it wasn't confirmed. And then when it was confirmed, I had to do this express, like, like you have to get certified. You have to do, like, QVC college. Oh. To get certified and approved to go on live, on live air, yeah. So you're in this these seminars and sessions with Joe Schmo from, you know, Idaho, Wyoming, whatever, who created something, and he just wants to sell his his product, and he don't mm -hmm. know much about this TV stuff. So the range from a bitch to who knows production to that, I'm yeah. just like, oh my god. Really, mm. we have to spell out everything for these people, like for real. Mm. Um, but I did it really quick. Usually, it takes like two weeks, and I did mine in three days. Yeah, you got done early for good behavior. Yeah, because yeah. you know, sometimes you know, <laughs> put the village in the shoe. Plus, I was going on live that Friday, so oh, <laughs> so we need to get this out. Yeah, I think it's going. So we got to sell these yeah. nuts. You have Wait. to get these nuts in these people's faces, honey. <laughs> Yes, indeed. But one of your earliest appearances behind the camera, way before Drag Race, before Bank of Hollywood, was an unreleased movie. When can we expect to see My Baby's Daddy? Oh. MG. When is that coming out? Who told you about that? <laughs> Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's are gambling you, about so it. People want to know. Full what, of shit? What, what is the synopsis of are that movie? <laughs> What is the story of that movie, and when are we going to see it? It's been oh, it's been over a decade. Like it's yeah, been, it's been. When did I do that? Before I went to jail, bitch. I think two thousand six. Yeah. What? Why do you know this? <laughs> I do my research. That's that is a little weird. Okay. Um. So I was approached by the student 
um, <laughs> she had this idea of this gay couple. One wanted to have a baby, and one clearly didn't. And mm. so my partner, I, my name was Shay, <laughs> and Shay thought she was fabulous, honey. She was back then we had the language for it, but I guess she was non-binary. Okay. Trans non-binary yeah, people. Non-binary hadn't dropped yet. Like it hadn't dropped like that. Yeah. Like it's popping now, but mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. That was back whenever guys that took showers were metrosexual. It's a different time. Like, yeah. If you yeah. had on liner, it was like guy liner and yeah. like, yeah, you're metro. <laughs> yeah. But um <laughs> so we had to what we did was he wanted to do a false uh, like a uh what you call it? Insemination, artificial insemination. Mm. So we go to this doctor who shows us how they inseminate the woman with a turkey baster and a turkey with gravy. It's disgusting. <laughs> and then we're auditioning all these surrogates, you mm. know, and we're getting anything from like teenage girls who Mormons who mothers are like, she would be a wonderful, uh, a, a wonderful mother for your child, like wild shit. And ultimately, I was a booger. I was a booger and uh, thought I was fabulous. You were method acting at that time. I was method act. I was. I was. Bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was funny. It was really funny. But Was it very like John Waters-esque? It's very that. Very yeah. that. Like the kids were rogues shooting up the playground and shit. Yeah. Like, it was that, was a vibe, that was the vibe I got from the poster. I was like, it looks like an unreleased John Waters film. <laughs> it's very. Bitha Dasani. That's yeah. her name. It was the director of that mm. film. And um, I have it actually. I do have it. Put that. it out. Put it on YouTube. I've been asking her. Okay, I really I reached out to her and I actually asked her. I was like, "Do you want to do like a re-release of this and like we can do like a whole like viewing party? I'll host it, the whole thing." Huh? And nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. So what's, then, her, uh, what's her name again? Fizza. 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 Mm-hmm. We're pleading uh, my entire audience. We're all banding together. Release the film. Really want to see it. It, it might be the next Pink Flamingos. Just I mean, like, why not? I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have to release, like, do another deal by mm. now because things are different. I was nobody then, but now, yeah. Wait, so were you always a ham? Like, always like a performer? Like, were you in the living room doing little shows? I was. Shut up. Um, I was. I was always like, well, I was in the choir. I sang a lot. I danced around a lot. Like, whenever the new dances came out. I was always one of the first ones to know the new dances and were teaching it to my family and my cousins. We would mm. all get it together in the living room and, and you know, have a little dance off. But um, you're doing like the newest dances, like the Jitterbug and the Charleston. And like, as they came out, you're like, mom, look at me. Wow. <laughs> wow. So what you trying to say, bitch? I'm old? I didn't. Well, I didn't say it. Like, no, you like the jitterbug and. Tr- I didn't I mean, say you're old. I'm here to ask questions, not state facts. <laughs> wow! 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 Get your little finger in here. <laughs> L- little five year old Sammy with the finger. <laughs> you're lucky you're in your own home. <laughs> and on camera. And on camera. Yeah. <laughs> Join us next time when we film the second half of the episode in prison. <laughs> uh, Oh, my God, you're a mess. <laughs> well, so, so what kind of child were you? Take us back. Hopefully this jogs your memory, but take us back to little Timmy. Hopefully this this will bring you back. This is How did you know I used to always watch look at these? Is this like a this, Sears catalog? That's from the 1988 Sears catalog, I believe. Just a little reminder to take you back in time. How did you know? <laughs> like, 
This is exactly what I used to fast forward to. Just under your pillow. It's yeah, and I would look at the bulges. Mm-hmm. So take us back. What kind of kid were you? Like little Timmy, at, at what age did you start to realize that maybe you weren't just metrosexual? Like maybe there was something else. <laughs> it wasn't like I always knew like I was different and I always knew that I was fascinated by this. Like Mm-hmm. Looking at the men's and like I always, yeah. you can take that home with you if you thank want. Thank you. I'll cherish this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I always knew like there was something different, and then obviously people and my brothers and their friends they all noticed that I was different, you know. And you know it wasn't always pleasant. It wasn't like people took advantage of me and and the worst kind of ways. And um, but. Like, my mother worked a lot, so she wasn't home. So I was left to, like, really fend for myself a lot. Um, And, yeah, but I was always her special child. My mother called me her special child because she knew I was a little different. I had a little sugar in my tank. But Mm -hmm. she was protective of me, (laughs) you know? I I know she, like, moved around a lot. Was that for you? Was it for her work? It was for for you. It was for me. Um, She just did not want the same route that my brothers took. Like, it was gangs or the military. That was it. Like, in Compton, that's mm-hmm. it. And so we moved out to the valley. Um, I was in Pacoima. Now you being the kid that went to prison. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not the only one. I ain't the first. Yeah, well. Yeah, still. So, I mean, this is what we do, you know? <laughs> it's just crazy to me. Like, you went, what you went to prison for, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah. You didn't even go for anything cool. No, nothing cool! Mm-hmm. So stupid. Yeah. 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 If I can ask, like, where was your father in during oh, all this time? Wow. Um, during which time? When my in my youth? Say ch- yeah, childhood moving childhood. around. So my mother and my father separated and divorced when I was like five. Mm-hmm. Um, he was abusive, drug addict, alcoholic mess. And um he was really abusive to my mother. And I used to watch in terror the things that he would do when he would be on a rampage. Um, and then until my mother had enough and she, she did a old Tina Turner only the <laughs> like, yeah, um, and put him in the hospital. And that was the last time he ever put his hands on her. And then he was out of the house and a dis- like, she tried to keep a relationship between he and I, and I didn't want it. I, I always, I was shut down and wasn't really interested in pursuing any kind of relationship with them. Well, despite, like, what your mom had, like, wished for you, you still ended up joining a gang whenever you joined Color Guard. Oh, my God. Not you have my high school freaking... That's you in the very top. Oh, my God! Where did you find this picture, bitch? What? (laughs) There's a little baby Latrice. Uh, This is you at five years old, I believe. No, this is a... Where the hell did that picture come from? Whoa! That's a that's a, a different time, but yeah, that's like before all the glitz, all the glamour, before you started making the big. Man, where'd you find these pictures? I bitch? think that was your junior year from the nineteen ninety yearbook. <laughs> I go deep diving. Wow! Wow! Well, there you have it. Um, yeah, this is gag worthy. <laughs> So with that, like you joined Color Guard, of all the organizations and clubs, like why Color Guard? What was it about Color Guard? You're like, this is what 
is going to be like my entire personality. <laughs> I didn't know at first because I was like, I was in marching band first. I played saxophone mm. in marching band. And we were going into second semester, which is winter guard and concert band. Mm. I had no interest in concert band. And so I was watching the girls and I was like, and I would have to go to a rehearsal. So I started to learn the routine on the sideline, teaching myself. And then the, the girls started noticing. They're like, you know the whole thing? I'm like, yeah. And so they asked if I could, Miss Fuchigami, I'll never forget it. She was a drill team coach. Um, <laughs> she, they asked if I could join. And they're like, well, there has never been a boy on the squad. And I was like, well, well, we're going to have to take a student body vote. Right. A student body vote. They didn't have guys in the color guard? They're not at my school. Oh, to your school specifically? Yeah, at my okay. school specifically. And so they took a student body vote and they voted me in. And so I was able to be on the squad. And I found my passion. Yeah. <laughs> I got to wear sequins, honey. I was sparkly. I was with the it girls. Was, yeah, it was the start of many things. It was at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> but as most people would have seen Color Guard as just like an extracurricular in high school, you saw it as like a career opportunity. And after leaving high school, you went to college for Color Guard and even traveling all the way across the country to compete like professionally in Color Guard. Like it's... It's not, not a dig, it's genuine curiosity. Is there like a career in Color Guard? Like, is that oh, something? Absolutely. I have friends that are still teaching. And I was teaching up until 2010. I just got on drag race, and then that was mm -hmm. the thing of the past. I don't have time for that. But um, yeah, I, my last Color Guard that I got into finals was in 2010 with Gainesville Independent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was it about the 1994 performance of Hotel California that was so. <laughs> mesmerizing to people. <laughs> that, that's the one thing I loved about Alliance because their slogan was always scandalous, always innovating. They were the first one to use, like when the floor mat covers for the staging mm -hmm. came into thing, they were the first one to use like five floors and different colors and that moved and changed and shaped and restaged and set the scene. Mm -hmm. And so um, for that to be one of the iconic shows because it was fan favorite. It was fan favorite. Um, we were fifth place and... It was the miscongeniality. congeniality. It, it really yeah. was. I mean, it's <laughs> Hotel California and everyone loves the Eagles. You know, everyone loves that song. So mm -hmm. We kicked ass. We were good too. Yeah. So. I think you won like best attire also, like it was outfits, wardrobe. But like I was like doing research in like, you know, Alliance of Miami and so many people were talking about it. Just like in message boards, WGI message boards, forums, talking about it. But again, can't find the video anywhere. I, fi I finally found the video and it was privated. Yeah, and I was like, what is this about this video where everyone in the color guard world knows about it, but no one has any evidence that it actually happened? Yeah, we have it in a message group on Facebook. I'll share it with you. Okay, because just, yeah. just for my own curiosity, yeah. like I'm not, I was never like a huge like color guard person. Like I was in marching band, but like color guard is not my world. What but you play? Uh, trumpet. Of course you did. What does that mean? Just have the lips for it. Thank you. <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> no, it's because I thought I was better than people. That's uh, why. Yeah. yeah. Which year? <laughs> First. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Small school, though. Okay. So you only had two people there. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. Slim Pickens. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But that, that few year period, though, like early 90s, like 93, 94 ish, 
Like you're doing some of the most amazing performances in Color Guard. And it was also, unbeknownst to you, the pivotal point, the turning point of your career. It's around the time you started to do drag. Yeah. What was it like in that time period? You're juggling the performance aspect of Color Guard and beginning your drag career, like the duality of the oh, piece. Oh my God. In the early mid 90s. This isn't your first performance, but it's one of the first. No, that is one of the first. Yeah. That's, they, that, that's that, like that, when I had hair weave. Yeah, that's not Wanda, but that is. That, one of the first ah, ah, she was a woman. You see it, honey. Uh -huh. Oh, what was it? What was it like going, like putting all your energy into these performances and then at night going out to the clubs, throwing on a little pussycat wig? <laughs> I didn't have to wear wigs. I wore hair. I had hair. I had oh, okay. I was weave. I was weaved, honey. I was okay. weavable. Oh, she was a woman. Oh, come on, honey. Yeah, funny. <laughs> um, that is wild, first of all. And, um, you know, it was because I knew I was aging out of the color guard. Um, and when I got hooked onto drag, it kind of like took over that empty space of, you know, that leading the, that crowd and the, mm -hmm. the performance and all the things that I was going to be missing in, in Color Guard. And so... You're just kind of building up, setting up your next audience performance. Basically, yeah. And that's what happened. And um, once I started understanding that I could use my color guard training in drag mm -hmm. oh my god then i was like oh yeah. <laughs> oh y'all about to really get it yeah I, i've seen performances not some of the earlier ones but like some of the later ones for pageants and for even like the christmas show you did yeah. recently you bring in like color guard elements into it i think a lot of people don't even know that that's like a a skill that you have yeah no it's it's merging my two passions together the both of both were the best of both worlds and I am getting my entire life whenever I can twirl on stage. Mm -hmm. And then don't let me have backup twirlers with me. Like, yeah. <laughs> bitch, this is a wrap. Like, you're, you're like, I yeah, I can't do a car wheel anymore, bitch, but yeah. give me a wooden rifle. Give me a rifle and a saber and some fabric, bitch. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> Trust. But whenever uh, Latrice comes in, her backup dancers are holding some rolled up mats. Oh, wait, I'll try. Hey! Better make some oh, yes. look out. We're about to do this. <laughs> Yeah. But whenever you first like did your first performance as uh, Wanda from In Living Color, <laughs> uh, it was 1994. That was the year I was born, by the way. But whenever you get on the stage for the first time, did you have an inkling that that was going to be something you were going to pursue? Or was it really just, uh, oh, this is going to be a fun night out it with friends? It was going to be a fun night out with friends. You yeah. had no idea that was going to be such now, a pivotal moment. Bitch, no. And then it was like, because I, like, I was completely against doing drag. I was like, there was no way. Mm -hmm. And then once I lost the first contest and I came back and won the next week, mm -hmm. the first week. Mm -mm. No. No. <laughs> I didn't have no shoes, no wig. You didn't even have a drag name. I didn't. Have, well, it was just Latrice. It was it. Uh -huh. the, the, that. Yeah. You, you, it wasn't even your name. You stole your middle school <laughs> friend's did. name. I did. And, and, just, and just picked the last name on the spot. Did. We did. It worked. But now here we are 30 years later. Mm -hmm. And now she's a household name. You stuck with it. I did. What is correct is correct. Uh -huh. you know. Have you talked to like Latrice from back I home wish, since then? I wish. No, I have no clue how to even begin what her name could be. If she even is the woman anymore. Like, I don't know anything. Mm. So, yeah. Just go looking through some double Dutch Facebook groups. <laughs> Maybe she's in there somewhere. <laughs> no, Maybe I used to. Uh -huh. With a girl. How are you double Dutch in at 6'5"? No, I was a twerk. Yeah, like I turned the road. Oh, okay, I was about I to was say. A turner, honey. I, I know you're not. They're ducked down, just no, trying to hop. I was just turn. Okay. Turner. 
<laughs> Always a base, never a flyer. Oh, very, yeah. very bad. Very bad. <laughs> I talked briefly whenever Heidi was here about her color guard experience because she's kind of did it in high school. Yeah. But with she's you, huh? She's horrible, though. You haven't seen her? In color guard or drag? Oh, both. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can attest I can test the one for you sure. Can see that she's struggling in every area. No, I know. I had to blur her coochie. She doesn't know the basics. But, oh. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we talked briefly about her because it was just kind of a brief stint. But for you, it really was like such a pivotal part of your entire life. You know, yeah. if it wasn't for Color Guard, you might not be here today. No, clearly. It led you to Florida, led you to your drag mom, led you like this entire this journey. Whole journey. Yeah. And I tell you, like, it's, it's, you got to find your tribe. And like, Color Guard, obviously, like, it's like a club. If you want, you know, band nerds, you know, they all hang, they all hang out together yeah. they, every time. Um, but you really find lifelong friends through Color Guard. And I am literally still friends. My closest friends are from Color Guard. 30, 32 years later, we are still like this. And that's the bond that, you know, kind of like with Drag Race, you know, only you and a select people few people have gone through that experience with you mm -hmm. on your season, particularly. I mean, nobody really liked you, but it didn't matter because you were there. You know what I mean? You were <laughs> Yeah. For your information, <laughs> some people like me. <laughs> now that I now that I edit myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm taking I'm changing my narrative. That's what this is all about. That's how you do it. Yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> It's always the old washed up queens that are the meanest. You are so jaded. I get it. You live, you live through the 70s. It was a hard time. <laughs> but you don't have to take that. <laughs> Why are you so mad? Huh? You're just so angry. And I get it. Do I look angry? You do. You do. <laughs> Taking it out on me. Just because you were trying to find yourself during the civil rights march. Oh Not my me. God. I, I was born in the 90s. I had nothing to do with any of Were that. Really? 94. I know I look like early 2000s, but. No, bitch. Like, that just really put some things in perspective. I was aging out of Color Guard and you were being born. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Yeah, I was aging into the world. Into the world. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, here you are. And here we are. <laughs> I was supposed to be a doctor. And, you know. How's that going? I think you got white walls. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a padded room. That's how it's going. But uh, <laughs> but at the time, like aging out of color guard, did you immediately hit drag or was drag something you didn't really focus on full time until after your prison stint? How did that come? What? We're segueing. Okay. All right. I see how you did that. Uh, <laughs> We're moving. I, no, I was, I was drag was my main focus. Okay. Yeah, completely. Like, um, I had merged them, you know, together. I was doing it while I was aging out. And then once mm -hmm. I aged out, I went, I went okay. full time. Cause I know like after, um, leaving prison, there was a lot of like, you didn't have as many job opportunities because being like a former felon. Yeah. So I didn't know if drag was something you were doing full time or if it was something you were doing in lieu of job uh, opportunities. Good. Yeah, no, um, that was my saving grace. Like the one thing I had to fall back on was drag. Mm -hmm. And I, when I was getting out of prison and transitioning back into society, I was trying to get my ducks in order, you know, and my best friend, Tim, Tim Lee, um, helped me a lot with you know, like sewing costumes and getting fabric for me and just helped me rebuild my, my closet until I got on my feet again. And, but drag became the sole 
priority. Like I poured everything into it when I got out of prison. Yeah, you're like, well, I can't get the call back for I, Captain D, so I guess I gotta. I couldn't. I like I couldn't <laughs> get a job anywhere, and like, and I was willing to do things that I wasn't willing to do, you know, mm-hmm. at that point because I was desperate and I needed money, and um, it was not happening, and it just was not my path, and so even. I can tell this. I ain't told nobody this because I don't really tell the bitch. Bitch, lips. It'll be just between you, me, and 100,000. When I got out of jail, Lips Fort Lauderdale was just opening. They would not give me a job because of my criminal record. At Lips Restaurant. So, like, wait. Mm -hmm, You're in grain. It wasn't even. Baby. You weren't even in jail for, like, a violent offense. Correct. Anyone that's ever worked in a restaurant knows that everybody working there is... It's from jail or in a work release program. Every one of them. I, I, I worked at Chili's for six months. Everyone in that kitchen was on pills. Amen. Bitch. I got a contact high going into work. <laughs> the thing of it is, though, there was another queen that was a manager at the time. And I, I don't... I don't know if she had a vendetta against me, but she would not hire me. She would make sure that I did not get hired. Which, in hindsight, I am grateful for because... It was not my path. It would have never worked out because I could never see myself doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, you know, it motivated me to have to pivot and do something else. Yeah. But I was a little bitter about yeah. it. Again, it's like another thing that kind of led you on like the journey here. Yeah. For those of you at home that don't know, live under a rock. Um, <laughs> Latrice did go to prison for 18 months. And, but despite all the negativity that transpires from that, it was like another thing that led you to where you are today. So with that in mind, do you regret burning down that orphanage? Oh, my God. What? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Not for arson. No, but for the, for the uninitiated people that don't know, what did you go to prison for? Um, ultimately, it was a violation of my probation. I was on probation because I was I had a controlled substance, a clozapan, which is a prescription pill without a prescription. Mm-hmm. And so that is a third-degree felony. So while I was on probation for that, I did miss reporting to uh, my probation officer and she violated me. And so ultimately I got the charge for the Kalazapan and the violation of the probation. And they gave me 18 months because it took them basically five years to catch up to me. And I wasn't running anywhere. I just hadn't reported. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so once I got pulled over for a traffic stop, that's when the warrant showed up, and it's it just because your license, uh, your tags were expired, right? I was in a rental car. Oh, the rental car was expired. You got <laughs> set up. I, I, it was set up. No, it was a speed trap. I was in Indiana in a speed trap, mm-hmm. and I was going through this little area that was like the the the, the speed changed from sixty five to fifty five, and I was going seventy five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you said, "Well, there's yeah, other reasons." Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. so yeah. <laughs> But like 18 months just for like possession of unprescribed medication. Like, yeah. was there a reason that sentence was so heavy? Partly because they, uh, I had a black judge too. And she was mad because she felt like I was um, making a mockery of the judicial system and by not reporting and, fi- you know, oh, you think you have it all figured out. And I'm like, no, actually, I was just scared and trying to figure out my life. <laughs> like, I was nothing disrespectful about, mm. you know, um, you know, I made a foolish decision, you know, by not reporting. And um, what was different for me is that she actually let me have character witnesses at my hearing. 
and let me speak on my behalf at my hearing. And so she heard me out, but like I was facing five years. Oh, so the eight, so the year and a half was actually a lighter sentence. Lighter sentence. They wanted to give me five. Damn, five years for for that weed and some yeah, clonopin. Yeah, isn't that wild? And yeah, Florida, Broward County. You don't want it. I was gonna ask like that many years. Like, was that your third strike or something? No, that was like, my first offense. My first offense. And you yeah. couldn't get a job at Lips. Could not get a job at Lips, bitch. But I wouldn't work there if they tried to pay me. But with your time in prison, you actually uh, filmed a documentary, kind of a talking about your experience. But for those like haven't seen the documentary, what's the brief rundown of what you experienced like in prison in your short time there? Well, gays in prison, it, it, it basically, you know, it just shows you that like if you think certain parts of the country is behind the times, imagine being in prison because that add 20 more years to that behind mm -hmm. the times. You know what I mean? Um, as of recent, it's changed because of the world we live in now. But um, during that time, you know, it was just the same scary situation. You were lumped in with all these hardened criminals and you saw um, gangs and you saw, like, literally, I just, I watched the whole dorm room beat up this dude right in front of me. Maybe they got, they took him out of there on the stretcher. Mm -hmm. Was there instances that you experienced yourself of like, Fearing for your life, essentially, or? I was really lucky because of my size, number one, and no one really messed with me. And I was very clear. I wasn't hiding the fact that I was gay, but I'm not gay for you. Understand that. So don't approach me that way. Don't come to me that way. Don't think I'm going to do something to you in the shower. It ain't happening. And so we got that right out the gate, and it was nothing but respect. Mm. But you think you might have had a very different experience if you were like, Five, eight. Or you. Or me. Oh, baby. I can tell my own. You'll be a tasty piece of white pudding up in I, prison. I throw down. Oh, yeah. I'd find you the big, you I'd, I'd go into prison. I'd find the biggest person, which happens to be you, and, then, and I'd take you down. Uh, I'd, 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 do, I'd do what I do. Yeah. See, unlike you, I did sports. I played peewee football. And so, yeah. Oh, yeah, that would have came in handy I'm in prison. A, I'm an athlete. Oh, yeah. You would have been bending over. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, <laughs> this, inter this interview isn't about me. We're talking about you today. <laughs> but g given everything that's transpired in your life, what do you think had a bigger impact on your life? Like your time in Color Guard or unprescribed Klonopin? <laughs> what do you think was a bigger... And the funny thing is I, gave me, I didn't even do Klonopin. Like, that's the weirdest thing. I'm like, I don't even do that shit. But um, Color Guard has had such a huge impact and influence um, in my life. Like, it's a, it really is a community that um, is lifelong. And when I just did my Life Goes On tour, I did 31 cities, and when I tell you it was like a reunion, I, I was seeing my color guard friends from years and years all over the country that I just moved around, and it was like a reunion. It was fabulous. Like, I never expected that. So you're, uh, your 20th or your 30th? My 30th. It was the high school or it was the Alliance? What are you talking about? You said reunion? It was like a reunion. Oh, like a reunion. Like okay. a reunion. Yeah, no. You're making me old, bitch. Well, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're old, but I am saying your high school class just had the 30th. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> you've been out of high school longer than I've been alive. I'm just saying. Oh, my. What? That's wild. Mm-hmm. 
You look much older in person. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> it's his hair. It's so mature on me. Yeah. <laughs> but leaving, leaving prison, like, like you said, you didn't have a lot of opportunities because of your record. And whenever Drag Race came around, you didn't think they would even bring you on the show because of your record. And you actually auditioned on a dare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking shit. Talking shit. Like I always do. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, Stacey Lane had went home because the hot mess couture yeah yeah mess and so um i went into my 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 room and wrote an email talking shit didn't know who i was writing it to and just went (laughs) sent it and they actually called me back two days later wild talking about we want your audition tape i'm like what are you talking about (laughs) like we're casting i'm like i don't even know yeah like when you finally sent your tape in you had to amend your tape (laughs) Because you messed up a little bit. Well, I first lost one. everything, huh? and I and I lost everything too. You lost everything. Yeah, I like I I had to amend it, and I lost footage, so mm-hmm. I had to redo it. I was not happy. The first one was lit, lovely. Uh-huh. Well, not as lovely you can can do with a uh, old desk lamp, you know. Yeah, <laughs> times were hard, baby. We didn't have all this lovely ring lights, bitch. I had a clip-on desk lamp, bitch. The incandescent light, bitch, and I just. Uh-huh. Twirled it around. What'd you film it on? A Yahoo webcam. A Yahoo webcam. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> whenever, whenever you finally got the call for Drag Race, they said, you've got mail. Baby, when I tell you, yeah, it worked. I I got on. First try. So just a, just a recap to give the rundown. Uh, you moved to Florida for something other than drag. Yeah. Whenever you started drag for fun, no plans for it even to be anything, immediately got adopted by a former Miss Continental, pursued drag full-time, almost out of necessity, because you couldn't get a job anywhere. Truth. And you auditioned for Drag Race on a dare. So I I know, like your mother, you're a very spiritual person. Do you feel like all the stuff that led you into drag was almost like fate or like divine intervention? Absolutely. Like, I I I don't believe in coincidences there were so many things that like forced you on this path like, most. it was like yeah this is what you're gonna do here you go <laughs> and here we are it's just, it's just crazy like looking through the track record it's like so many little things it's like you were trying to avoid it almost it just kept like, really it, was. The every time you deviated it just like pushed you back on the track it's true you're like i'm gonna be the person of color guard i'm gonna be the president of the wgi <laughs> Right? Yeah. I could have been, but... It's it's not too late. No, it is. That ship has sailed, baby. I'm good. I'm good. Sailed. Something happened? No, they're doing it. I'm I'm not interested. I got to go where the money is. (laughs) You said, I could buy it. (laughs) You said... Those little, those little W.I. Hey. Little, the program books are going to be yeah, printed by hey. Latrice Royale Industries. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Very that. Very that. But. Another fun fact people may not know about you is that you are actually an ordained minister. You became one so that you could marry your friend in 2013 in New York. Why was it so important for you to become ordained to do that? Well, it was a time where we were fighting for marriage equality. Um, we had it in a few states, and New York being one of them. 
Um, but I was still on the quest for nationwide equality. So I was doing this uh, campaign called Toast to Marriage and touring around and to get people to vote uh, so we can get it passed. And so it was during that time when he asked me, I didn't even think he was serious at first. So I didn't even answer. I was like, oh yeah, just let me know. And I didn't hear them for a while. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, no, just check it in and make sure everything was like, I was like, oh, you're Oh, you're for real. Okay, okay. <laughs> so then I had to go do what I needed to do. Um, it was one of the most memorable and beautiful experiences that I've had, um, bringing a union together, bringing these people together, and seeing both sides of the family so supportive. That was what was so amazing. I didn't know it could just be this way. It was all about love. It wasn't about that it was the same two men or two women. It was love. Yeah. But I, I notice your usage of like the words you use. You don't really vibe with the term marriage for like, like with gay marriage. What what term do you prefer, and like why do you not like that term as much? Well, it was the it was the gay marriage that turned me off. Like yeah. I don't want those two words together. Like gay marriage, it makes it seem like there's something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like marriage equality, um, and I like being married because I am married. But it was the gay marriage that turned me off. And I felt like if we were going to um, gain our rights, then we should have something more fabulous and more creative than just gay marriage. Mm-hmm. And that was my whole thing. It, I was talking about maybe semantics than, than anything, um, but it mattered to me, like what it was called. Mm-hmm. And um, marriage equality is the perfect because everybody's not gay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's not gay, but, you know what I mean? There's different genders and, like, mm-hmm. identities. And A lot more nuanced. Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally different. So yeah. you should be able to marry whoever you want to marry, you know? But you got gay married to your partner in 2018. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, mar- <laughs> you married your partner in 2018. <laughs> how, how did you meet your partner? At a meet and greet. At a meet and greet. Meet and greet. Oh, not the fans. No, yeah, girl. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the, like happened? I remember, like as yesterday, he was wearing a shirt with my face <laughs> on it. Ah, no, it wasn't like that. And your vanity just got the yeah, better. It totally was not like that. I was in Knoxville. The meet and greet was in between shows. I don't know who bright ideas that was. That's the worst, ain't it? Who decided that's when you want to do the meet and greet? A meet and greet after the show is bad. One in between shows is even worse. When do I get a break? There's no break. Mm-hmm. So that was hateful. But it was also a shit show because they didn't have a lot of organization and no one was really running it. And so he didn't want his town to look bad. So he was friends and knew the show director. He stepped in and said, hey, girl, you need help to get this together. And so he organized the line and started taking pictures for the patron and started working, actually, the meet and greet. Mm-hmm. And that's how we started talking and vibing. I was flirting, of course, you mm-hmm. know, as we do. Yeah. Um, dropped my Sharpie, and he had to bend over to pick it up. And I was like, <laughs> and I dropped it again, just to, you know. And then yeah, here we are. With him taking the reins, running your meet and greet, that was almost a sign of things to come later because he was almost like your business partner that day before your actual partner. Correct. And just like now, you guys are like partners in life and business partners. It's wild. Yeah. And like <laughs> it, it was established that very night like, mm-hmm. and we have not stopped since. Yeah. Like the, that night, you're like, this thing we got going here, this let's just it. do this forever. This and, and let's just have happened like and that. And did. 
And did. And did. <laughs> but how do you juggle the two, like being business partners and life partners? Like, how do you find the balance? It took a lot of practice. It's taken a lot of practice. And we, um, you know, obviously, you know, it's <laughs> hands-on training, you know. Mm. Um, there's no rule book for this, but you have to be communicative and make sure that all parties are are in agreement of what hat we're wearing at what time. Mm-hmm. Like, am I talking to my boss? Am I talking to my husband? You know what I mean? And so we had to get those boundaries together mm-hmm. um, so that it didn't spill over into our private life because I don't want something that might have happened with work to affect our downtime together. You know what I mean? And so we had to work on that. That's, that was the hard part, mm-hmm. but it could be done. Is it is it more of like things with the business affect the personal life or is it things in your personal life make it a little harder to do business if you had to like compare the two? No, it's definitely more of the business stuff because that's where more of the bullshit and stress comes in mm-hmm. when you're dealing with people and their lack of mm-hmm. everything. Um, so you when you're frustrated and you're angry, sometimes your only sounding board is your partner, but you don't want that frustration to be taken out on him, even though you're venting, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You don't want it to come across like it's just their, their, it's their fault. Yeah. You know, so it's finding that balance is really the key. Mm-hmm. How do you keep the spark alive at 67 years old? Oh, like, how do you, what do you do? Oh my God. <laughs> you hear look, looking like Lucille Ball and she did. <laughs> <laughs> but I looked like her in her prime. Actually, you give me Wilma Flintstone right now. I'll take it. Yeah. Hey, she was smooth. She, she was skin. She was cute. She had good skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you look like Aretha <laughs> when she performed for Obama the last time. <laughs> the last. <laughs> so stupid. The hat. <laughs> you hateful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> first on the piano, baby. I was like. Pocket full of cash, honey. <laughs> Riri didn't play, honey, about her coin. <laughs> no, what was the question again? How do we do what? Oh, I'm just saying that. Like, <laughs> no, but like, uh, I, I, I was just making a rib. But like, h- how do you find time, like, especially like between like all the business and everything, make time like for yourselves and like keep that relationship alive? Oh, it's so important. And like, you're busy. I'm busy. Um, it's so funny that you asked that because like literally the last time, right before we came here, um, you know, uh, my husband told me he wanted me to be wooed. I said, okay, I got you. And so and I- And that's why you showed him me. You're like- <laughs> Oh, baby, that's, that's a woo. That's not a woo. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> um, and so I um, did a little research and found this fabulous waterfront restaurant on Intercoastal and that we have never been to. And it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And- Treating him like the king that he is, and we had a lovely date night. It just crab shack. We'll punch you in your crab shack. They promise his promises. If I had a dollar, yeah, it'd be more than yeah. <laughs> but no, um, but that's how we do it. You know, we just have to have date nights, and like I talk about in my show all the time about self care and all that kind of stuff, and that and that's part of it, like. Mm. I mean, I'm not only just taking yourself out, but like you have to nurture your relationship, and we do, we do that. Mm-hmm. We do. We 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 try to do that as much as we can. Well, we're almost at the end of our time. I only have one more question for you. In 
2012, you shared a photo on Facebook and you titled the caption, I'm ready. That's all you said. You said, I'm ready. And it was this photo. Patrice, what were you ready for? Oh. What were you ready for? <laughs> it's not, I was looking at it, I was like, ready for what? And the I'm bitch not, ball. And I'm, well, I'm not the only one because even Kennedy Davenport commented on it. She said, where are you going for? She said, because you said, I'm ready. And she said, auntie, for real, I don't get it. <laughs> You're wearing this full nude bodysuit with a bunch of furs on it. That's the bitch ball look from season four. Oh, that was the one? That was the bitch ball. But you're not on Drag Race, though. Like, you were in front of a bookcase. No, but... I, I think there's a rice cooker in the background. I was at a Drag Race viewing party. Oh, viewing party. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the viewing party. There's, like, Gatorades behind you. I was head. going home this night. So okay. More, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, was, I saw a picture. I was like... I was like, what's the context here? That's what it was. I didn't make this fucking ugly thing. This was... This is production. You said, I'm ready in all lowercase. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> well, oh, my God. That's hateful. I, I, I just needed to state my own curiosity for that one. But oh. unfortunately, that is the last of my cards and last bit of time we have. But before you go, I did want to give you a gift. Um, I made you a CD. A CD? Oh, actually, two CDs. Oh, gosh. If you could just tell me. I, I know it's a not. A CD. I made you a mix CD or two of them. Oh, so I know I didn't get all of them. I'm sure there's other ones I miss, and I'm sure it might not even be the right versions, but I wanted to just like make you a little mix CD. If you could explain the significance, what these songs are, what they mean to you, if it takes you back to that memory. Line. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. How do you know this? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me right now? What are these songs? These are all Alliance in Miami shows mm -hmm. over the years. And I cannot believe you have Cause all he, of, like, this is wild to me. Yeah, from 91 to 2004. Because even, even whenever you weren't competing, you still worked as like a staff member was helping put together director, shows. Yeah. yeah. That is crazy yeah. that you, oh my God. So <laughs> I want to give that to you as like a little trip down memory lane, something to listen to. What? Remember a simpler time before all the craziness of Drag Race, <laughs> before the Kalana pin. Before the Kalana pin. <laughs> wow, thank you. This is really thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a clue where I'm going to play this. I know, CD player. I was, um, like, I, was like, I, was, I was like, I know you don't have a tape player either, but. <laughs> and it, I and a, a, USB, a USB stick just doesn't have know, the. It, yeah, no, it doesn't no. hit right. But you know what, though? I do have a computer still that mm -hmm. has a CD drive. Yeah. That I can load this on. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Is it maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned by trying to make this little CD for you that computers don't have CD drives yeah, no, anymore. No, 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 I to, I had, that's why we were late. I was late getting this interview ready today because I had to go to Walmart to buy an external little thing. It's and that wild. Yeah. Yeah. Live and you learn. You live and learn. Yeah. So Latrice, where can people find you? What do you have coming up? What do you have going on? There's a camera there. Let the people know where can they find you? Oh, yeah, like social? Social media. If you, have, oh. if you have any tours coming up. Okay. Or... Um, socials, you know, I'm at Latrice on everything. Um, Latrice Royal Inc. on TikTok. But um, you can catch me. Um, our Christmas tour was just announced. Myself and my husband are going to be doing Why I Gotta Be White Christmas um, this December. So just in some, some, some cities, some select cities. Um, but we're still working on some additions. Mm -hmm. So... Just stay tuned. Go to my website. Keep track. www.latriceroyal.com. 
catch me on HBO's We're Here. Um, and I'm going to see y'all on the screen there. And yeah. And your partner also runs a podcast called All the Queen's Men. So if you're curious about the experience of like Drag Race partners, kind of things they experience, it's a really enlightening podcast. I think it's a good listen absolutely, as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find me here, right here on YouTube. Make sure to click the subscribe button, hit the bell notification so you know anytime I post a video and tune in next time whenever we have somebody else. And yeah, till then, remember to uh, stay chunky, stay funky, <laughs> stay large and in charge, stay bold, stay beautiful, and most importantly, don't carry around unprescribed clonopin. Ha! That part. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. Give It To Me Straight is brought to you by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted, produced, and edited by me, Maddie Morphosis. With audio editor, Margot Padilla. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. M. Oh. M. Mom!